Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. This noticing is really hard to describe, and it's the sort of thing where you may finish this episode and you may go, what? And if you do, well, hey, it was only 10 minutes of your life. So let me give it a shot and try to explain this because I think that there are some important illustrative uh, discoveries to be had here, say. So I think that we all know we probably all heard the power of now, right? Eckhart Tolle wrote that book, The Power of Now, and then Oprah got all excited about it. And so we all learned about Eckhart Tolle. We all learned about the power of now. And a lot of us uh, may think that it's like ridiculous, like new age garbage, or a lot of us may think that it's really interesting. Uh, for the record, I have read it. I thought it was interesting. I also understand why people think it's new age garbage because the concept itself is so incredibly simple that it's almost like it just requires a sentence or two and you either get it or you don't. And then the rest of the book is restating that sentence and giving you other reasons why it might or might not be true or cases where it might be true or answering questions about it if it is true or if it's not true. And so I understand why that's the kind of book that either really resonates or doesn't resonate at all. The more I thought about it, since I do have a philosophical bent to me. I, I think I may have mentioned this. I, I had two degrees coming out of undergrad and college. One was in molecular genetics and the other was in philosophy. So I'm interested in thinking about the nature of things. And, and the idea of now is very interesting to me. And so I really put my mind to figuring it out and not looking at it like the uh, law of attraction or um, some sort of new age thing or crystals or whatever, but instead saying, okay, well, what is that, this concept of the now? So skipping to a, a totally different source on this topic of the now, I've mentioned a bunch of times on this that I, I'm a regular meditator and sometimes I use guided meditations, usually through the Calm app. And one of the things that is frequently mentioned is the idea of the, the present moment. And once you start to really think about the present moment, it basically boils down to this. Right here, right now, something is happening like literally right now. When I started this sentence, that's in the past. I'm talking about your experience right now. It's kind of like if you're looking through a very narrow peephole at a film strip that's speeding by, and you can only really see one frame at a time, and you see them in sequence. So you'll see, you know, one, two, and three. But at the time you're looking at three, two is in the past. And if you kind of view your experience as this like window into the world where there is a past and there is a future, but the, the window of now is like vanishingly small. It's like if you've ever done calculus, you're looking at vanishingly small intervals and until you're basically at, at infinite, infinitely non-existent. It's like a point source. And it's sort of like that. Like your, your true now is so narrow that it's almost impossible to pinpoint, but then it's also incredibly simple because, well, it's just now. And the more I thought about this, especially with my eyes closed, kind of breathing deeply, trying to focus on my breath, whatever that sort of state is, and really trying to say, well, what is happening now? There's something very interesting that happened, at least to me, once I played with this idea longer. And it's that everything 
becomes purely experiential in such a way that anything that we consider what is happening stops making any sense at all. So if I were to speak to you, which as luck would have it, I am right now, by the time I get to the end of a sentence, you have to have some memory of what happened at the beginning of that sentence. If you were purely, totally, truly in the now, and you were unable to remember the past or predict the future, and you literally lived exactly in the moment, then language wouldn't make sense. Cause and effect wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't be able to have any relationships. It would be this ultimate pure flow experience. And I think that that is such an incredibly simple concept that I both intimately understand it and don't understand it at all because it's so opposite the way that we think. We are using at least a little bit of memory of the past and a little bit of anticipation in the future every single time we do anything. And communicating is no different. You're looking towards the future when you're listening to me right now too. You have to remember the beginning of my sentence, but you also are anticipating that the sentence will end. You begin to anticipate whether it will end in a question or whether it will end as a statement with a period. If I use anything like a clause, where if I were to say to you that I was walking down the street and, well, I can't think of one, but I do this all the time where I divert off into a clause in the middle of a sentence or an aside, you have to remember that I'm going to come back around by the time I come back around to finishing the sentence after the aside is over, that you you need like a cognitive holding tank for that. So if you think about this now thing, then there's a few ways that I think that, that I'm going to begin trying to kind of incorporate this, that, that I'm going to try and pull some some sort of a lesson from this. So one is that being present in the moment as the creator allows you to notice the details that, that usually you don't notice. So because we're usually anticipating the future or we're usually mired in the past, we don't notice the things that we might be stepping over right now. If you're looking for if you're trying to just get around the block, you won't necessarily notice if you step over a dollar bill because you aren't really fully in the moment. That's the simplest of examples, but that's the sort of thing. You say you miss what's happening now because you're anticipating the future or because you're looking back to the past in some way. You're attached in some way to the past. So noticing those details and including them in a way that wouldn't usually be captured by somebody who's kind of in a rush to get to the the end of their day or the end of their errand will engage you more fully as a creator, but it will also resonate again as much more realistic for the reader because, or, well, I wouldn't say realistic, but it would give them that now experience. You can create now type, like almost stream of consciousness passages that will show somebody that's in that state and the readers will feel that state if you have done it. And then another thing is Understanding that you, if you tap into truly what's now, truly what's here, that's a way of capturing the zeitgeist in a way that may be artistically interesting, but career suicide, because you aren't necessarily, you are truly in here right now. That, now, the, the most uh, ridiculous and perhaps understandable examples of this are if vampires are popular right now and you write a vampire book, even though you don't want to write a vampire book, you're doing it because you're chasing the now then you may find that vampire books are out of fashion later. Or you may be trying to write a style that has passed. I mean, in this case, the time is only moving forward, so you don't have to worry about going the other way. But 
you can use that deliberately and say, you know what, I want to write something that is purely and totally of now, how I'm feeling now, what's going on now. You can literally write stream of consciousness. And then I think the last thing is remembering that the, the purpose of art is to convey emotion. The idea is to take what is inside of you and to be able to share it with somebody else. And if you do that, then emotion only happens now. I mean, everything only happens now. If you really want to go deep in this and hear it 500 million times, you can read The Power of Now or listen to the audiobook because, man, does that guy say that things are happening now a lot. But it's true. If if something is happening now, it is not a memory of, well, I was mad yesterday, which has a feel, or I'm kind of anticipating a difficult situation later about which I will be angry in the future. It's instead, what is now? What is this thing that is truly and what does it feel like in the moment? And because most people don't live in the now, if you're able to catch that, then that kind of ephemeral feeling, you're able to solidify it in whatever form that you create such that you're able to convey it more effectively. In other words, understanding the true nature of, of emotion in that they, meaning that they only affect you right now, the truest of emotions affect you in the moment. If you understand that, you will be able to capture it better and be able to therefore convey it better to people. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.